Yo, what's good, everybody? Welcome back. I know we, we've been saying, you know, we'll be back and all this and that, you know. But, yo, we're back. We're finally back. We finally got some good schedules going. Welcome back to the Smart Mentality Podcast. It's old damn Dell, my boy JD. How you doing? It's good, man. We finally got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. You know, a lot of stuff actually happened and accumulated. So, you know, we figure we'll bring it back. Facts, yeah. We, you know, we got a group chat with us and like a lot of our other homies, and we talk about you know shit that goes on every week, and you know it's a lot of stuff that frustrates us, and it's a lot of stuff that we're excited about, and a lot of stuff we don't know what's gonna happen, and we're kind of like anticipating and we're on the edge of our seats. But there's also stuff that like frustrates the hell out of us. So like, where do you want to start? Yeah, man. I mean, like, it's, it's crazy because, I mean, we're we're in the build to WrestleMania. Uh, you know, we're, we're kind of excited extra because we're going. So, like, yep. you know, there's a lot of incentive for us to be invested in what's going on. But, I mean, you know, like, WWE has been in a really interesting spot lately because of what's going on with AEW yeah. and what's going on with just, like, WWE's reaction to that or just like whatever like the reaction to themselves even Mm -hmm. so we got a lot of stuff going on but I mean you know I guess there's no point really recapping what's been going on in the interim but I guess we could start off by saying that this current this current week we had a lot of NXT call-ups that kind of came out of nowhere and like like how do you feel about that because I feel like that the NXT call-ups kind of disrupted the flow of this week in yeah. general. Yeah, I I agree because um, there were some things that happened um, that, and then when you look at NXT, it's like, huh, I wonder if that's still going on. <laughs> okay, so mainly, uh, I like the NXT call-ups. I like the matches they put on. You know, it was yeah. all fun. It was cool to see them finally. And, and when you look at, like, Ricochet's reaction to being... Okay, so first of all, we will say who who got called up, just for anybody who don't know. Um, Ricochet, Alistair Black, uh, Gargano, and Ciampa all got called up to the main roster. Yep. Um, but, you know, Ricochet's reaction to when, when him and Finn won, him and Finn was put into a match... Uh, against Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush, which was a hell of a match. It was a great match. Yeah, it actually was. Like, they played off of the, the body types well. Mm-hmm. Everybody did what they were supposed to do. Like, you know, um, you know, uh, Leo Rush and uh, Leo Rush and what's his name? Ricochet had a, a dope-ass one-on-one. And if you've seen, I don't know if you've seen, like, any of the matches when they was on the indies and stuff. They're, mm-hmm. they're, they're pretty good together. Um, yeah, I figured, like, when I saw them together, I was like, wait, yeah, this is probably, like, you know, a good pairing. Just because yeah. they have, like, flippy and very show-off styles. Mm-hmm. And Bobby Lashley, he came in, he did exactly what he was supposed to do, look strong as fuck, you know. He, yeah. And 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 it was really good. Uh, and But what I was getting at was his reaction. When him and Finn won, Finn, like, told him, like, you know, the ring is yours, basically. And he he's just looking. Even though the crowd was shitty as hell. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that was one of the worst crowds for <laughs> NXT debuts. Like, you know, when you debut people from NXT, like that's why they usually wait until after a big pay per view. Yeah. Or like you know because that's when you get the hot crowd. Those but they did they they did this in like 
some random place in Louisiana and nobody gave a fuck. Like, or they didn't sound like they gave a fuck. Yeah. You know what's crazy? All right. So they was in Lafayette, Louisiana. This is just a fun fact. Uh, I went to Fayetteville State University, which was named after Lafayette. So that's just funny. Like, <laughs> so I thought it was funny as hell whenever that happened. But anyway, um, yeah, the crowd was shitty, but Ricochet was still, he was just looking like, oh man, I finally made it. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. So it was dope to see his reaction there. But, yeah. uh, but you know, you know, all the, the, Alistair Black had a, it was a really good match with him and uh, Elias. But the only thing is, okay, how did you picture Alistair Black getting called up? How, how, did, mean, how did you picture his first match on the main roster? I mean, to be like, if it was up to me, I would kind of book him the same way you booked him when he came into NXT, which is like he, he comes in and, you know, he just starts, you know, he looks intimidating and he squashes a couple of people. Like, you wouldn't put him against anybody important yet. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, a couple of jobbers just to build up his mystique. Yeah, but, me too. I like I personally I wouldn't like in NXT he didn't talk for like like six yeah. months. Like <laughs> And it's like I get that he's different now, but it's like yeah. even the way that he came up, it's like it has nothing to do with the storyline. It's like the, the weird part about this is that like all these people got called up except for like with the exception of maybe Ricochet are like in the middle of storylines in yeah. NXT. Yeah. So we come we come to find out like not to kind of get too far off of you know the, the the schedule but it's like we found out or at least i heard that these call-ups aren't necessarily full call-ups because mm-hmm. they're still gonna work on nxt but and and smackdown and raw until like the and you know until further notice so yeah. it's probably gonna be until like after wrestlemania mm-hmm. I don't, but I don't, it's just kind of yeah like you you could get you get you could tell <laughs> And, and like okay, I don't want to get into any spoilers, but Alistair Black and Ricochet are a tag team in the Dusty Rhodes Classic on NXT. <laughs> wow, <laughs> it, it, that's it, crazy. It's just well, if you watch NXT this week, Alistair Black had a match with uh, Roderick Strong. And yeah. He won. Uh, Undisputed ever came out to attack him, and Ricochet came out to help. And so That's funny. They yeah, I didn't team. even think about that, but that makes sense because they usually have one of those like random tag teams. Yeah, and so now, and so now it's like they they have a storyline there, and they're still putting on matches on Raw and SmackDown. So it's yeah. just like, what the hell's going on? This is you know. I mean, I like I guess on one hand, it's kind of interesting that you are experimenting with having you know active superstars across multiple brands, mm-hmm. but. I don't necessarily know if that helps because in certain cases, like with, with Gargano and Champa, right? Like mm-hmm. obviously they've been having like a frenemy kind of relationship lately where like Gargano says he still doesn't like Champa, but he is kind of working with him to prove that he's better than him, which is like, you know, mm-hmm. it's like some weird like long-term logic, right? Yeah. But when they teamed up on Raw, it was like they were just DIY again. Yeah, Raw. Like, the commentary didn't bring up anything about them no. having beef still. And it was just like, oh, so I'm just supposed to believe that these guys are friends again and have no issues and they didn't try to attack each other or mm-hmm. whatever. 
the raw like, commentary is the worst. Yes. That did you hear what they said about Alistair Black? No, no. The no. Uh, the uh the metaphors they were giving for not metaphors at uh, the adjectives or whatever it's called, right? And they was like the moody Alistair Black. I'm like oh. the moody <laughs> What? <laughs> Go back and watch, yo. I was like, "What?" Oh my gosh. He was that... like, "He he." They said he uh, he he he's there for the the nine to fivers and the blue collars. I was like, "Huh?" You talk. <laughs> oh my god! Wait, who said was this? Michael Cole. It was Michael fucking Cole. Oh my god, man! See, that's how people. Okay, like. We're going to get to this later, but that is exactly how you get zero stars in the current landscape of WWE because they fucking bury people, whether it's on purpose or by accident, all the fucking time before they even get a chance. And mm-hmm. it's stuff like that that makes people not take them seriously. Mm-hmm. Because you still have a lot of wrestling fans who watch who... Like, the stuff that Michael Cole says matters. Like, mm-hmm. to us, that shit doesn't matter. It's just funny if he fucks up. Yeah. But to a lot of people who watch that shit and they, they don't follow the internet rumors and stuff like that, you're hearing that and that that's just what you have to go off of. Yeah, exactly. So you got, you know, people like my, one of my coworkers, he's always coming to me, like, asking me questions based off the shit that they say. And I have to explain like the the reality of the situation and it just makes it extra confusing. Yeah. <sighs> so it, we got the so he just moody now. Like I you know, I should make a sign and just bring that. <laughs> the moody. <laughs> moody Alice the Black. That shit is stupid, yo. But SmackDown SmackDown did a whole lot better with them guys, yo. Truly. First I of mean, all, you got Alice the Black versus Andrade. Who put on? They both put on crazy matches in NXT. You know, uh, then you had uh, D, when the DIY when DIY was together, right? Yeah, they did it a lot better because watch watch Gargano when uh, Champa comes out, he just stares his belt down like you know, like crazy. He doesn't even look at him. I don't think. I think he just looks at his belt like he wants the fucking belt, like he. Mm-hmm. Doesn't, like he doesn't care about the American Championship, North American Championship. He wants the NXT Championship, and yeah. then you know, and then Chopper like clutches, clutches his belt, like holds the fuck out of it. Like they, like I, I wouldn't be surprised if like they got feedback after Raw, and they were like, okay, on SmackDown, we'll try to rectify it a little bit. Mm-hmm. And it's like, uh, you know, Gargano tried to play the crowd. Chopper didn't give a shit about the crowd. He was more so for his belt. And so, mm-hmm. and so they did a lot better on SmackDown. The commentator commentary even helped them a lot better on SmackDown. Yeah, but like, what do you what do you think overall about how these call ups kind of disrupted the flow of all the other storylines? Because like, in a in a lot of ways, it felt like all the existing storylines on Raw and SmackDown kind of got put to a halt. Like. I don't even really remember anything major happening with the, well there there was some stuff that happened with Becky and Charlotte and and whatnot and you still had a little bit of Kofi momentum being built but that's mm-hmm. basically it. it's like you had the Becky stuff you had the Kofi stuff which is kind of tied in with Daniel Bryan and stuff yeah, but that's about it it's like the the SmackDown woman well the Raw women's title and the SmackDown 
you know, WWE title, basically. Mm-hmm. And everything else was basically introduce these NXT people. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, I mean, I don't know if you said, you said the SmackDown title? Well, yeah, the Smack, like the SmackDown WWE. women's title. Uh, well, because yeah, Oscar had a match. A, and... She did? Yeah, remember? She lost. Oh, yeah, she, she did. Yeah, she lost. Wow, yeah. See, see. Yeah. I kind of erased that from my memory. There's, there's a way they could have did that and it worked, but yeah, it was just, it was just like what? Like, it, it, I think both of us it, reacted. It was like, <laughs> yeah, you know what made it worse? It made it worse because that fail attempt looked like shit. Yeah. Like, okay, so when when you do one of those like I rake roll up heel victory kind of things, mm-hmm. like it really benefits it to make it look clean because. That like the believability really goes a long way, and it's like if you want me to believe that Mandy did some fucked up shit to cheat to beat Oscar of all people, then it needs to look good. Yeah. And when it looks the way that it looked, it's like, come on, man! Like that didn't look like that should have taken her out. But yeah. here we are, and it's like you know I understand. It's like I don't I don't even think that mandy's necessarily bad at what she's doing Mm -hmm. but i just don't necessarily i I don't like this is what everybody was afraid of when oscar got called to the main roster because like when she got called she still had the streak and they're like yo like it's only a matter of time before she starts losing to to people for absolutely no reason in stupid ways like especially once they broke the streak yeah. You know, like it was, you know, open season and it was like, you know, OK, it was bad with Carmella, but, you know, it it kind of helped Carmella more than anything. And Oscar was still preserved. Yeah. But, but, you know, you know, only one person has like really beat her clean. Yeah. And yeah. And like they, they could still hold that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's still it still kind of hurts. And it's like, uh, well, clearly, I, I, like, I don't necessarily think that. Um, Asuka and Mandy are going to be a thing at WrestleMania. This is probably just going to go to Fastlane. Mm-hmm. But like, so I guess since we're on the topic of Asuka, like, what do you what do you think about the the rumor about her and Lacey Evans? Like, because allegedly Vince, you know, well, not Vince, but well, yeah, I guess in a way you can say that, like, <laughs> Vince is really behind. Lacey Evans and you know a lot of people are saying she's going to be kind of like the the Roman Reigns of the women's division so to speak just in terms of like she's going to be the one with the major push I'm I'm going to be 100% honest with you I don't mind them trying to build new stars I don't I don't mind them because we complain so much about them not utilizing people right Yeah they but I don't mind them trying to like I never I never in a million years thought they would push Lacey Evans you know, yeah. when, she, when she was on NXT, I didn't get two shits about it. Yeah, exactly. Because, like, once they told her story, I was like, I, okay, I could see her being somebody, like, an asset for them. But I didn't mm-hmm. think that she would out-prioritize everybody else. Mm-hmm. But I guess, you know, her story is easy to easy to sell to people because, you know, how WWE likes to, you know, they really are for the, you know, veterans and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it's it's easy, but like with her being a heel, like, you know, she she does kind of do pretty decent heel work. Her in ring stuff, I I'm kind of like so so about. Like I haven't seen anything from her in ring that is like 
I mean, I just like her finishing move, you know, yeah, called yeah, the like women's that. right. <laughs> like, I, I think that's clever. Yeah. But I get, you know what I think it was? Like, I think that during Royal Rumble, when Vince saw her stand with Charlotte, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> he got aroused. <laughs> yeah, he was like, yes. I so, got one on SmackDown and one on Raw. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm like, okay, well, I mean, I get it, but I'm also like, well, I, you know, as long as it doesn't, you know, like I, I have to wait and see because yeah. like it's too early to call. But it's just like when you, when you hear stuff like that, then you know the the IWC just gets all up in a you know in a fuss and it's like, and, well, and I think every and my thing because I'm I'm with you right because I I'm I get frustrated too at shit. But at the same time, I think we fall in love with our fantasy bookings. Yeah. And and it kind of like, when they don't go that direction, it kind of like messes us up. Yeah, us exactly. Up. Like you, you start where you, you, you get worked. Like you yeah. start working yourself into a shoot in, a, in like a long-term way. Yeah. And this is that example. And it's like, I like on the plus side, like it's exciting because like, because we haven't seen a, a ton from her. There's still a lot of chances to be surprised. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just you know, I guess you know if if they are gonna move Becky to Raw, and possibly Charlotte to Raw, you know, whenever this switch up happens, you're gonna need people on SmackDown to kind of carry on. Yeah, because because technically the four horsewomen will all be on Raw. I mean, yeah, uh, optimal because, because well, yeah. Becky, not Becky. Uh, what's her name? Uh, Sasha and Bailey. Even though they they said the championship will go across brands, which I think is cool. I do too. They're still technically raw superstars, you know. Yeah. So, um, which I think is cool. Also, so yeah, like you said, you'll need more people on SmackDown. So I don't mind them trying to push her, and I don't mind them trying to push Mandy Rose for Fastlane, I don't mind them trying to push, you know, I just want them to uh, make sure they, they understand the value in Char- uh, Oscar mm-hmm. at the same time while pushing everybody else, and that man, that's all I want. Yeah, basically. I mean, you know, it's it's tricky territory, because, you know, but I think if they if they handle it properly, it could be good. You know, because, you know, at least they're they're going to put some emphasis behind somebody because, you know, Nikki Cross, you know, right now, I, mm-hmm. I have no idea what Vince's plan will be for her because, you know, like, uh, you know, do, do you think it's weird that they called up so many people from NXT and none of them have a, like a concrete brand right now? Like, do you yeah. think that this means that they're just going to kind of soften the brand split even more where it's like there's certain like but. You know, I feel like that's kind of counterintuitive, but if it feels like they're doing this kind of to pad out the the shows a little bit. Yeah, um, I never really understood, like you know, well, you know, understood how they, you know, could like because Triple H said before nobody's getting called up unless they have a six month plan, six month plan for them. That's clearly but, uh, not the case. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. This is like the end, the, like the opposite. It's like they literally called up these people with no plan. Like EC3 has done nothing but beat Dean Ambrose. 
uh, Lacey Evans, you know, just walked down the, the the ramp a couple of times. We just talked about her, but like as of right now, yeah. she just had, comes out and does these really awkward segments, which again is getting to the other point we're gonna get to later, which is just like we, killing your talent before they even get a chance to start. Yeah, and we said, you know, in the group chat, you know, the best thing about EC3 is his mic skills. He's a, he's not a good wrestler, but he can really cut a good promo. Mm-hmm. EC3 hasn't said a word. Nope. <laughs> they announced him getting called up in December. He hasn't said a word. Yeah, that's weird, man. Because like for someone like me, it's like I I've heard a lot about EC3 and I know you know he's talented and whatnot, but like his work in NXT didn't really like change yeah. the game or anything. Like he he was there, he did his thing, he had a couple of decent matches, mm-hmm. but. You know, and like he has a lot of charisma, I could see that, but like I don't necessarily see what he's going to add to anything on Raw and SmackDown yet. And to have him come out and literally do nothing is yeah. not making the case any better. Yeah, and it's just kind of weird. Like, yeah, you could have him beat Dean Ambrose, but you know, Dean Ambrose technically is going to be more safe after that just because of who he is. Mm-hmm. And if, if you're not going to capitalize on it, if, like, EC3 is not going to come out and talk shit about how he beat a S.H.I.E.L.D. member, former champion, what does it matter? Yeah. But, and it's I like, don't know. Uh, and, you know, like you said, I, I have a co-worker who doesn't watch NXT at all. You know, he he, he doesn't watch anything other than WWE. He views it as the minus. Everything mm-hmm. else, he's like, that's the minor leagues. I don't watch that. And so, yeah. <laughs> like, but uh, and so when I'm explaining him, I'm telling him about these guys, and they come up and nothing's there, and I kind of you know feel bad, you know, for even trying to hype him up because like you know yeah. I, I told him about Ricochet like yo Ricochet is great blah 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 blah, and then when I watched the stuff with Ricochet and all that, I was like damn, that was a really good match, but what else is there? <laughs> yeah, and, and basically, I, yeah, and and, and then. We had a conversation because, like, Vince, you know, we're going to talk about more about what Vince said because Vince says a lot of shit. Uh, but Vince had told AJ, you know, you know, he was doing, he was talking to AJ. He was like, I got a thousand guys in the back that can have that same match you just had. What else can you give me? And so that's when AJ turned heel. And, you know, he had a great run when, you know, when he went up against Cena, uh, what's his name, uh, Roman Reigns, Dean Ambrose. That was a great run for AJ in WWE. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, it really changed his like momentum. Yeah, at that time. And so when I seen Ricochet, right on SmackDown, I was like, yeah, yeah, Ricochet is nice. And then the very ne- the, the 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 last match with, with Kofi doing all this shit, I was like, damn, Kofi really can do all the shit Ricochet can do. So I was like, I mean, not exactly, <laughs> but he, like, I mean, like they have a similar enough style to where it's like. You know, you could trade one for the other on mm-hmm. on a certain level, and then on top of that, Kofi is more tenured, and he has, like, he has the babyface momentum that that Ricochet doesn't have, and he's way better at promos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> like, but but know, that's Rick- what I was getting at. It was just like yeah. they they're not helping Ricochet by not letting him showcase his personality and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, if they just gonna have him just be an in ring guy, then it's like I don't know if that's just gonna help him. I don't know if that's gonna help him. Yeah, I mean, it, mm-hmm. like on the short term, it'll help them. Like if you're gonna keep them in the mid card, mm-hmm. because like, you know, there's still a lot of people. Like it, 
like I feel like if you're going to showcase his talent, you put him on SmackDown, you have him fight Andrade, you have him fight, you know, all the other guys Shinsuke, there. Cause basically yeah. like, the, yeah, Shinsuke, like, cause like SmackDown is basically like the, like out of the two shows, it's like the, the closest to that indie experience where it's like, you get all these like dream matches with former indie darlings. Mm-hmm. And that's why SmackDown has been so good lately. So if you want to showcase Ricochet, like Ricochet even himself said he's not a great talker. So you put him in that position to just be like a crazy high flyer and, you know, show off all the moves that nobody else can do. Yeah. And then, you know, either that, like I was thinking if you're not going to do that, then team him up with Apollo because they're friends. So just let them, you know, be flippy and a tag team. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, because you need teams anyway on Raw. Yeah. So, and Apollo, you know, like they, I like they they didn't they're not helping Apollo either. Exactly, and it's like the the way I see it, it's like it's kind of like a New Day scenario. It's like when you got a tag team that's actually friends, then you get behind them. Like you know, even yeah. like Zach and Kurt Hawkins, like I like yeah. what they're doing there because even though they're losing, like I feel it because I know that Zach and Kurt Hawkins have history, and it's like you could see where the story could go if they let it happen you know properly yeah so you know you get behind it just by its merit you know yeah um but i guess you know since we're since we're talking about a a lot of this let's move on to the next topic basically which was all the um the so we we could talk about call-ups but we had some releases this week too Mm -hmm. and it was um it was hideo itami yeah, TJ, TJ, Perkins, TJ Perkins, um, Ty Dillinger, and Arn Anderson. Yeah. So wait. So be- before we even get onto that, like a couple of those we knew, like um, Hideo Itami and Tyler. I mean, and um, Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger. Yeah. They both were like pretty vocal on social media, being like, "Hey, we're out." Yeah. And you know that was so. Those are no surprise. TJP was a surprise to me because he hadn't said shit, but. <laughs> a lot of people that i follow don't like him anyway yeah. so they were just like good riddance whatever like he's a good wrestler and I, like i think talent wise you know you yo he just had a dope ass match on uh two of my who do you fight oh uh, what's the what's the guy's name the new guy uh oh um, humberto yeah yeah that's my dude yeah, and it's like, oh shit! Like, <laughs> like next thing yeah. you know, he's just, well, like, well same match, thing with Hideo. Hideo had it. He had, had a good match with um, Akira Tozawa, right? Mm-hmm. That and they they had the Royal Rumble match, uh, the four way. Then he had the match with Akira Tozawa. Next thing you know, he's out. It's like, oh yeah. shit! But yeah, but yeah, they, it sucks. But I mean, at the same time, like they were, you know, you could kind of see the writing on the wall with them. Yeah. Um, you know, obviously, like the like a lot of people are speculating because everybody and their mother wants to say, "Oh, somebody's leaving." I guess they're going to AEW. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I wouldn't like. I, I feel like you know, Kenta would be more likely to go to New Japan again, or like what what what's he the was other Noah? Uh, Noah, yeah, yeah, like probably there. Um, which is, is aren't they working with AEW? Like Noah, Noah has a relationship with, with WWE. Oh, they okay. I'm mixing it up with that Chinese promotion. That's um, I forgot what it's called. CEW or some shit like that. OEW. I forgot. Yeah, CZ. Oh no, no, that's that's fucking. No, not CZW. <laughs> <laughs> that's Dean Ambrose's old place. But yeah. um, yeah. So there's that. Um, and then so, so with Arn though, like, 
was it a situation where he just requested his release because he wanted I, to retire? I don't know, but Arn's been there about twenty years. Yeah, um, like I mean, he, he's good. He like. he literally came with the invasion angle, like <laughs> when they bought WCW a few months later. Arn Anderson came as a producer. Mm-hmm. But I think it's it's crazy because they let him go right before the Ric Flair birthday thing. Oh yeah, you're right. Yeah, that is kind of weird. Um, Unless he wanted to, I don't know. Like yeah. I don't know if, who whose decision it was. But, but, but. At, the, at the same time, they did just hire mad producers too. Mm-hmm. They got yeah, more- so like that seems more like more like a business thing yeah. rather than like a personal. Like it just you know since it happened the same day as these other releases, everybody was trying to make it seem a little bit more disingenuous and, than it probably was. And here's here's my thing, you know, because I've been I've been thinking about it. And it's like it's it's sad because I fuck with R. Anderson. Um, yeah, that yo, did you you seen that that video of the double A spine buster he hit on Dolph Ziggler at the at, yeah at Starcade? At clean, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was still nice, still clean. Even the rollout, like Naomi was like, yo, the rollout was even. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, and, and it's like okay, so when he got announced to release, you know, and I was thinking, I was like, yo, he's been there twenty years still, and I was like, you know. He's been there that long, but yet the tag team division is trash right now. What's going on? Was he in charge of that? Was he not? You know, him yeah. being a tag team specialist, you would think he would have had the tag teams, you know, doing great and shit. I don't know what's going on back there, you know. I like to know what's going on back, you know, behind the scenes. I don't like to be spoiled with shit. Mm-hmm. But um, I do like to know how back. Like it, it's kind of like watch you like you, you know you like to see how Marvel movies are made. I just don't want to yeah, be spoiled exactly. about what's going on in the story. You know? Yeah, no, I agree because like there, there's so many baffling things that are going on in WWE where it's like they say one thing and then they mm-hmm. hire all the people to make it happen and then they, you know, they'll fuck it up somehow or like it'll take them mad long just to to get to the point that they were trying to make and when they get there like it works and then mm-hmm. you're like how the fuck did that work after all that like shit that you put us through yeah so i don't know it's some you know the the wwe trap i guess yeah. but but they they hired recently uh abyss from tna oh yeah yeah uh sanjay from tna mm-hmm. um hurricane helms and yeah, uh, uh, what's his name? Double J, Jeff Jarrett. They hired him too yeah. as a producer. Wait, so, so Abyss is gonna be working like on a backstage role? Yeah, he's gonna be a producer. Oh, okay, I was I didn't know about that. Like I I thought for some reason he was gonna be on TV, but I would prefer him to be back. You know, yeah. a, a backstage role just because like that dude's old himself. So. Yeah. And so you know, and and, and I think it's dope. Being that they're gonna be working backstage, and then you got a lot of TNA wrestlers there. So they, so now you have guys who are the producers producing guys that they know. And yeah, that's how you know when Jericho and, and uh, Kevin Owens was doing their thing, mm-hmm. and their the producer doing all this. You know, and it was really fun. The guy doing all that stuff was their friend. The guy, um, what's his name? Jimmy Jacobs. That was his name. Yeah, yeah. And so, but you know, he got fired for the mm. the uh, uh, Bullet Club thing. Mm-hmm. But you know, he was he came up with the fe- the uh, the list. He came up with the Festival of Friendship, all that shit. Um, and they uh, what you call it? And, you know, so when you got guys who know 
you know, because I don't think Arn Anderson knows, you know, Finn Balor. You know, he probably does now, you know, but but uh, yeah, but not in the same way that like you know somebody who came up with them would know. Yeah, and it's and and I think that's the crazy part about it because you have all these like like they say Vince doesn't watch you know anything else, you know. Mm-hmm. So Vince doesn't understand you know what this guy can bring to the table. They have to explain to Vince who this guy is and shit. It's like. uh same thing with AJ, you know, there was like, uh, when Vince seen AJ in action and seen him doing his stuff, seen him when he turned heel and shit, his first mm-hmm. response was, why didn't we sign this guy 10 years ago? And, uh, <laughs> and it was like, well, Vince, he was here. You told him he was too small. Like, <laughs> you know, it's like, and yeah, it was just like, what the fuck? Yeah, um, man. I mean, hey, look, it's, it's weird. I mean, so I guess let's let's since we're talking about Vince now, let's let's talk about what this guy claimed because that, that's kind mm-hmm. of like the the underbelly of everything we've talked about so far. It, it's been kind of like a hot topic on my mind because it's very frustrating and it's like an ongoing issue in WWE. Yeah. But um, yeah. So Vince made some claims, and. I don't have the quote right in front of me, but essentially he was like the reasoning for all of the recent call-ups was that he, like Vince feels like there are no current superstars in the roster and he feels like there, there's like almost nobody with any superstar potential out of the people that they have and haven't fucked up already yeah, and that they called up all these people because they're kind of desperate to get some, you know, some new blood out there to keep it fresh. And that shit is frustrating to, to like, as, like, you know, if you're somebody who watches the product week to week, mm-hmm. like, you know, like we are, like, I feel like, like most smarts are, that shit is frustrating as hell because you, you see all of the wasted, underutilized, un, you know, potential and, you always hear these stories about how oh Vince he knows what he's doing by you know because you know he's a genius this that and the third and you know if somebody's not getting over it's because they're not working hard enough or they didn't seize the opportunity or they got lazy and complacent but when you are in charge of a company that is in turn squandering a lot of the talent that they get you know, like I'm sure, like you, I'm sure you have cases where you have superstars that come up and they don't deliver, and it's disappointing. So you don't do anything with them. But when you have somebody that is clearly doing something good, and then you make them do something stupid, and then you like you you wonder why they're fucking depressed after you make them do something stupid, and then you you just kind of leave them off to the side and you don't give them anything to do. Mm-hmm. Then, then you get mad at them, and then you're like, oh, well, we don't have any superstars. But it's like they they had the potential to be. It's just like you completely like put out their fire before they even had a chance to, to start. So it's like, you know, one of the uh, examples we talk about all the time is Tyler Breeze. Yeah. And this happened to him basically twice. Yeah. Because in NXT, he had the Prince Pretty thing, and he was, he was you know, 
sure he was fashionista and stuff, but he was a good wrestler and everybody respected him and he was a really good heel. People hated him, but they respected him. NXT had no problems. He comes to the main roster. I th- what did he do? He beat Dolph Ziggler. Yeah, everybody beats Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. And then they did nothing with him. That was for, it. Yeah. He didn't get hurt. They just didn't do anything with him. Mm-hmm. And then after that, he teams up with F- Fandango. That whole thing was stupid. But then they got that over. Yeah, they they did. They got the, the stupidest police, shit over. Yeah, <laughs> which is you're like that is gonna be stupid. And then you had everybody looking forward to the fashion. I can't you know, wait the, for Fashion Police. Yo. Yeah, like that shit was dope. <laughs> and then they ruined that with a with an aimless storyline that didn't go anywhere. That had nothing like there. Like in that case, I don't see what they could have done to salvage that. It's like they knew what they were doing. They were executing on it, and they were, but they were being given these segments that had nothing to do. And then they moved it to WWE.com, and then like from there on, it was like, okay, this shit is dead. Yep. And then Fandango got hurt, and now you have Tyler Breeze literally like he, he basically. I was talking to Kwame about this like yesterday, like. On Twitter, he's it's just mad depressing because he'll be tweeting about, you know, like these kind of somewhat ambiguous things about wanting to wrestle or being like the last resort or, you know, having nothing really to do or, you know, and it's it's or he'll be tweeting at people who are asking him if he's going to quit or if he got fired. He's like, no, I'm still here. I think like kind of like how Zack Ryder does it yeah. where it's like that passive aggressive. I still work here, you know, kind of tweets. Yeah. And it's depressing as hell because, like, this guy wrestled Jushin Thunder Liger. He did, and, yo. And that and was then, like, like <sighs> we was there that night. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had the match, like, like it was crazy because they, like, they let him go back to NXT, have a great match, and it, you know, it felt good to see him, you know, do something again. But it's just like come on like they it's like somebody it's like they they know but they're just like whatever we don't care he's not a star and it's like well then what is like because i i don't know because like if you're if you're not gonna do anything interesting if you're not gonna write an interesting story for anybody then how do you expect anybody to get over like only only like i understand that there's a couple of times where you have something where you get a flash in the pan Daniel Bryan, like the the whole story with him, where you know he he has the the wrestling ability, the charisma, and the story that like a like a personal story that all line up. And you have someone like Becky Lynch, who's the same thing, where it's like you have the wrestling ability and a story and the charisma and all those things just line up where the story what, writes itself. Basically, yeah, they were shitting on Becky. Like, did you hear how from that long how Kevin Dunn didn't, didn't like her accent? Yeah. And, and, and it's, that's why she wasn't really featured a lot. Exactly. It's like but, she's still like considered like one of like you know I guess not now, but up until her major push, like in, until the the man thing started, mm-hmm. like she was still kind of like the fourth tier of the four horsewomen. It's like yeah. everybody likes her because like they had no reason not to, but like you know Charlotte was the champion. You know like you know she's like the 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 guy out oh, of the and the last I think the last the last time we was doing the podcast we talked about uh how 
we liked her Instagram shit or whatever, right? The little stuff she would yeah, put on yeah, Instagram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it yeah. wasn't last time, but it was like it was some like mid last year. It was like yeah. right before the turn happened. Right before she turned heel, she was doing that Instagram story stuff where she was just being charismatic and mm-hmm. you know, like oh, like you know, using her stupid uh, what's it called the the puns punch, and shit. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's like. You have superstars that can get themselves over from a natural situation, right? Uh-huh. And but the but the thing is, it's like when you look at you know the ruthless aggression era, the attitude era, even like the you know the golden era or whatever. You had a lot of people that needed assistance. You need a storyline yeah. in order to get over. It's like the reason why Kane worked wasn't because of anything going on in his personal life is because they built him as, you know, the brother of the undertaker and they had him come out and fuck him up and he looked cool and he had a cool theme song and he was with Paul bear and it gave him legitimacy Mm -hmm. and he was big. And it's like, it made it, it made him look like a threat, like right away. Yeah. Someone, you know, like mankind had these multiple personality. Well, you know, uh, you know, Mick Foley had multiple personalities and he would come out and he would do, you know, weird things. And he had like, you know, a logic behind all, all those, you know, the, the rock, you know, like he was just, you know, he was just had good promos and stuff like that. And obviously like he had, the, he, there was kind of like a, a different stepping stone with someone like the rock or stone cold, but it's like, not everybody is going to have the flash in the pan. Like the, the crowd gets behind you type of moments right and you need to push people properly with with proper storytelling and good matches or you know and when you put people out there and then you just expect them to you know work with oh like you you were like okay what's what's a good example like this isn't necessarily with bray wyatt in particular but like when you have him come out here and try to act like a fucking projection of worms on a, <laughs> on, a on a thing is, is going to be scary. Yeah. Then you're just Yo, asking people to I, be like, I walked okay, out there and that. I walked out the damn yeah. room. When we, when we went, when we that gathered was to, our, right? yeah, when we got together to watch that, I went outside. Yeah. I was like, I'm not watching this shit. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and it, it's like for all of the things that they did with Bray Wyatt to build him up, like he was going to be this undertaker like thing. They, they had him lose and then they had him lose again. And then they had him lose again. And then the one, like the one feud that I can remember he won, which was against Dean Ambrose. It was because he fucking blew himself up. <laughs> oh yeah. And, the- that, <laughs> and that didn't help anybody yeah. because the match was boring and you had one of the worst finishes in the modern era. Yeah. Like the the build up with him and Randy was great. I yeah, love the like build the, up. The build up was cool. <laughs> like that shit was funny as hell when Randy burned his house down. Yeah, there's no way Randy should have been the the face in that one. <laughs> <laughs> he burnt this man's house. <laughs> but even though even the story that they was telling after he burnt the house, how he got powers after that, yeah. I was like, okay, I can't wait to see what happens. And when they saw the shit, the worms in the ring, I was like, all right, I'm out. I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what do you expect? It's like, I don't know. So you had like, so you have squandered people like that. You have um, scenarios where you, you know, you, 
squander squander some other people and then you try to build other people up for no reason so you know like unfortunately someone like this is like jinder mahal who they made champion and now they're not doing anything with him they could they could be using him as a solid mid-card role Mm -hmm. you know as a heel instead he's not doing anything you have r-truth who him and Carmella got over because the mixed match challenge. Everybody likes our truth. They, you know, they're enjoying yeah. his current run. I like, you we, make tell, we say it all the time. We was like, yo, I didn't know he was so athletic still. And it's like, yeah, exactly. Like that dude is, is is like surprisingly good still. Like people, everybody always forgets. Yeah. And you make him U.S. champion at the beginning of Black History Month, and then you go the rest of Black History Month without seeing him. I once. Haven't seen him since. Yeah. There's still one more week left of Black History. <laughs> this could change. But I guarantee on my life that the first Raw in Mar- March, mm-hmm. he's going to lose that shit. Oh, sorry, first Smackdown. Smackdown yeah. He's going to lose it. Yep. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, I don't understand. And for, for Vince to be like, there's no stars just like when you when you consider all of the like you know that type of evidence it just sounds like bullshit to me and it's just like you're just force feeding like you're you're not providing a, an environment for your stars to grow because while you do have a good roster on paper and the roster is a bit like pot, you know has potential to put on great matches yeah you're not you know building great storylines and you're basically trying to wait for somebody's real life storyline to be so powerful that it becomes a good storyline so if you look at those examples daniel bryan Mm -hmm. uh roman reigns uh becky lynch and now kofi kingston slash mustafa ali right because they were trying to do basically where Kofi Kingston is right now Mustafa Ali would be right there and like I don't know if the the people would be behind Mustafa Ali in the same way because like I feel like the Kofi thing had the the extra ounce of it's black history month behind it and he's been there for like 10 years and hasn't gotten yeah, his proper I think I think Kofi had an extra amount of oomph on it yeah but it's like I feel like when you have those those genuinely liked underdog people that that happened to get an opportunity that you didn't think that they were going to get a month ago, then you get extra excited, right? But you can't expect every single storyline to be like that. Like you have to have good writing writing to to make it work, and you need to have like and you know like it could be on one hand like I'm I'm not necessarily sure how the storylines get discussed between the wrestlers or between the creative and the wrestler. But it's like it could be on the wrestler in in some way because like it could be the wrestler not taking enough like agency with their storyline to make it work for them. Like they could just be complacent and being like, okay, well, they told me to do this, so I'm gonna do this, even if it you know doesn't work. And they like they don't think of a plan B or they don't think of a way they could put a spin on it to make it work for for them. You know, because mm-hmm. I feel like if you think about CM Punk, it's like sometimes they would give him shit. And he would take the idea of what, of what they said and he would twist it to make it so it, it made sense for the storyline, but it also made him, you know, preserve his character in yeah. a way. So I feel like you, you might have a lot of wrestlers in this current, 
you know, landscape who are just like, I'm just going to do what I'm told because I'm happy and I don't want to piss anybody off. And then you just like, you, you end up looking stupid and then you feel bad about it and go on Twitter and complain or, you know, whatever. But I don't know. It's just, it's really frustrating to think about. And it's like adding, adding people to the roster is not going to help. And then like you, you think about it, it's like, okay, they added six people. Well, they added six people ended up really having five because Lars never showed up. Yeah. But you add those people to the roster they barely have made a splash because you haven't settled them into the roster in any meaningful way because there's literally no story behind any of them. And then you, you don't even put Nikki Cross with Sanity, who it was a hot tag team that came up yeah. and did you all you did was squash them. Yeah, you squashed you the them, shit out of Sanity. Yo. You don't even it's... show their entrance half the time. And then... You have Nikki Cross, who is a member of Sanity. There's no other way you could explain her song or her look or her personality. And you bring her up and you don't pair them together. That what like what sense does that make? What sense does that make at all? It makes no sense at all, bro. And it's, it's like it, it's it and, doesn't. I don't get it, yo. And like who whose fault is that? Like it's not like I'm sure if you asked Nikki Cross what the you know what the logical step would be it would be like oh put me with sanity because that's my team but and she's married to killian dane too yeah exactly so like i I don't i don't understand what the logic is like is it just exposure is it because you you feel like nobody knows who she is so it's like you want to expose her as much as possible but instead of exposing her in a meaningful way like she's not even advocating for the team she hasn't mentioned the team She's just teaming. She teamed up with Alicia Fox once because because she's crazy and Alicia's crazy. That's that was it. Like fuck out of here. Like so. Like you can't you can't say that there's no superstars when you're not cultivating any of them. Like you're just you're literally like WWE is just trying to wait for flash in the pan successes and then they use those stories to. To, to, to basically make bread off of them. And, you know, that's cool. Like, it feels good when the flash in the pan happens. That's why the Becky thing has been exciting. That's why Daniel Bryan has worked, you know. But you can't have that for every single star on your roster. And this shit is frustrating. Like, you know, like, what, like what, how do I – how am I supposed to believe that any of the four guys that just made a debut this week are going to work out. Yeah. Because for Ricochet, I already know he doesn't have the greatest promo skills. He's a great wrestler, not the greatest promo skills. And we've seen that happen a lot of time. And, all you know, it, it can work, but will it work? I don't know. Like, I feel like I'm actually a little worried about him just in general. I am just too. know that. Yeah. And it's like Aleister Black, I know he has, he's a better promo and he's more intimidating, but... You know, it. I don't necessarily know where they want him to fit in because I like I. I don't necessarily. He doesn't seem like the type of guy that Vince wants to make champion. But at the same time, he he could if they really wanted him to. 
but it's like I don't I don't know where he fits in. Like I don't see where Alistair Black's character fits into the Ross like landscape or the SmackDown landscape right now. Like the, like it's easier to see to say SmackDown because SmackDown has all the pure like the the better wrestlers of the you know of the two shows. But that's about it. It's just like oh, just put him there so he could have dream matches with you know Samoa Joe, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, blah blah blah. Yeah, and you got. You know, DI the DIY Chamaso Champa stuff like that. Like, I don't even want to see them on main roster until their storyline is resolved. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> so. Oh, what, what do you think, man? I, I've been ranting. Did you, did you watch NXT this week? You did, right? Yeah, yeah, I did. I did. Um, no, nah, man. Um, you know, I want to shout out the Velveteen Dream. He beat uh, he beat Johnny Gargano for the North American Championship. And I think that's also a part of the DIY storyline too, because uh, yeah. Champa was there, you know, the, you know, he was looking down on him and stuff, and, mm-hmm. and and it's just I don't know, it's just frustrating because I don't I don't know what Vince is doing. Uh, I hope he I can't wait for the A uh, for the uh, XFL to start <laughs> so he can focus on that, and you know, and I think the XFL will be successful this time around. Uh, because I don't know if you, I don't know if you watch. Did you watch the XFL documentary? Uh, yeah, I did. I did. All right, and, you know, and how the NFL took like basically they took some of the XFL ideas. Um, did you see that part? Yeah, yeah. It's basically like a lot of the the camera work, the camera in the work, yeah, cinematic way that the NFL works now all came from the XFL, which is dope. Yeah, so you know they got the AFFL. I mean AAFL right now, but uh. Them niggas is broke, so I, <laughs> I think the yeah. XFL will be straight. Uh, so and I, so I can't wait for Vince to you know go focus on that man. And and I heard they was letting uh, Triple H do a little bit more of like control of some of the stuff. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of that, like but, you you heard about that shit with Triple H having to basically fight Vince for mm-hmm. you know to preserve Finn and Ricochet, and that's kind of another example of what we're talking about yeah. where. Like because like there was one option where the the initial option was have Ricochet come out and fight Finn, right? But Triple H is like Finn just won the Intercontinental title, so we can't have him lose when he just won. Yeah, like this coveted belt, and we're trying to protect him. But we also can't have this new guy that we're trying to show off to the world losing his debut match. Yeah, especially if it's not going to be like a you know a twenty five minute slobber knocker where he looks good in defeat, mm-hmm. like he can't you can't do that. So they were like, you know, he had basically had to convince Vince to be like, let's just make a tag team match, and that's why you got Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley teaming up all of a sudden, even after they broke up. Yeah, they broke up in the last pay per view uh, elimination chamber, and then the very next night they were back together. So it's like, uh, I guess they, I, don't, I guess it wasn't a breakup. I guess he was just frustrated. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's a lesser of two evils. Like they're trying yeah. to make it work retroactively, and like you know, it, but, but the I fact that time, Triple H had to fight this nigga to, uh, <laughs> to, yeah. to, to like make it make sense. So like you know, it. I don't know. It's you know, like there, there's a lot of weird shit going on in WWE as usual. But when you hear those kind of stories, it makes it frustrating because it's like you, know, you want to get behind certain people and you want, you know, shit to, to be good again. You know, you want people to, you know, 
you want you want to be excited about talking about it week to week. Yeah. But you know, you got to just take it where you can. It's like, yeah, it's been, you know, it's definitely like I, I would say both shows in general, more raw, more so, has been on an upswing compared to where we last were. Because before, like, I couldn't even bear to watch raw. Now, yeah, I've been watching raw like you know a little bit more. Yeah, but, me too. Because I used to watch like the the, the thirty minute breakdown on on YouTube. Like somebody yeah, put yeah. all the clips together, or the Hulu version Hulu, or something. Yeah, I watched that. But now, you know, I I try to sit through it. Yeah, um, or if anything, I'll try to DVR and fast forward or yeah. have it on the background while I'm doing something else so I can at least hear what's happening. Yeah, I don't have any complaints about SmackDown, really. Yeah, yeah, SmackDown's been consistent yeah. for now, knock on wood. But it's still, you know, it's just like, it's frustrating to deal with. And it's like, I hope that, you know, like, I, I don't want to see a situation where all these people that they called up end up not really amounting to anything. Like, you know, I, I feel like out of everybody that called up, the only one with a, you know, alleged secure spot is Lacey Evans because mm-hmm. she's the one that Vince. Even the fucking uh, stakes and weights. What's it called? Heavy machinery. Yeah, yeah. Like they they've always been a, a, a funny tag team, but they were dope in the ring. I like watching them wrestle. You know, yeah, because instead they're, they're just you know they're having them do comedy bits, which you know I guess that you know for a larger audience maybe mm-hmm. that kind of thing works, but it's like the 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 comedy that they're doing doesn't even make any damn sense to me. It's like, <laughs> yeah. it's like, like I'm like, yeah. <laughs> it's like is it just like you're just making fun of how he talks basically, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like how the character talks? Yeah, and it's like I don't. I don't understand how what what was going on with them and Lacey Evans like having a a, a walk off. And they started doing the like, bushwhacker thing. Yeah, like that. Which, I mean, to be fair, that was fun. Like it's, I laughed. <laughs> yeah, I laughed too. Like it's fun when they do it in the ring. You know, I I don't know. I like watching them wrestle, but yeah. But you do on uh, I guess like uh, on Raw and SmackDown, they do need to have more fan interaction. So I guess that's what that was for. But. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's what you call it. I don't know. It's just, I just wanted to see him have a match, yo. Because <laughs> I like when he do the caterpillar. caterpillar. Yeah, nah, I agree. And it's like, but like, you know, I guess just to kind of close out the thought, like you were you were saying in the chat the other day about how, like, even, you know, it was, uh, obviously it's easy to reach back to the Attitude Era and talk about it in Glory Days context, but it's like when you looked at their their pocket roster, like outside mm-hmm. of their top tiers, you still you knew who they were. They were, yeah. you know, they were popular with, you know, a lot of people. Yeah. Like, you know, you, you could you could talk to just a random Joe Schmo and they'll know who Val Venus is. Yeah, exactly. Hello, ladies. And yeah. And it's not- like he he wasn't really anybody like right now. Like he's kind of like an equivalent to someone like you know, uh, Tyler Breeze or something. Yeah. Just in terms of like the tier. Yeah, the tier where he had Mojo Rawley, you know, some shit. Yeah, like yeah, basically. But it's like they at least did something cool. Where it's like mm-hmm. I I can't remember the last time I saw Tyler Breeze on TV. Yeah, and it's like uh, what's his name? Val Venus. You know, you remember the storyline? Choppy choppy your PP. You know. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody remembers it's that, like, you know? You know, like, it, it really calls into question, though, like, 
you start I start to wonder like who who's really to blame though like at, you know obviously Vince or the creatives that you know at B might you know um, Kevin Dunn or whoever is in charge of who gets over yeah I feel like there there's definitely blame on those people I I don't know how much blame is should be placed on the stars themselves for not taking more initiative or for being afraid to get themselves over or like, I don't, I don't know where, what the company culture is like over there where it's like our, our wrestlers even encouraged or discouraged to, you know, discouraged from taking certain liberties. Like what are the penalties like, you know, because like, you know, it, someone like stone cold could be like, Oh, you just got to do what you think it works. But then if someone does that now in the current climate, that could get somebody fired or bury even deeper. Yeah. Whereas, like in the Attitude Era, they would just let it go because that's how it was, and you know, like they were in hot competition. Whereas, like now, it's like they don't really have competition. Like, yeah, like AEW is coming up. It was like I honestly don't think that Vince is that worried about AEW yet. Yeah, I I don't either. Um, I don't think he's like that worried about it. I think, like Triple H said, he's aware. And, like, I don't think Triple H really cares either because, like, you know, uh, did you hear what Kenny said about about them? Kenny Omega? Yeah. No, nah, what did he say? Well, he, he basically said, like, the shit everybody's been saying about them, uh, he didn't see. Like, you know, like how, like, WWE is full of shit and all this, 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 and that. He basically <laughs> said they were, like, really great. They, uh, you know, they basically, like, catered to uh, what he wanted. It's just, uh, yeah, he just, like, he basically gave Triple H high praise. You talk yeah. about in the you talk about when when they're doing deals like when yeah. they're talking. Well, he was yeah. talking to them and telling them what he wanted and shit, and, you know, and mm-hmm. what they was like, you know, what we can offer you, and basically, he gave he he gave all these niggas like deals, where it's like, oh shit, I didn't think that was even possible. Like he told the young bucks, like if they wasn't happy with their creative, they can leave in six months. <laughs> wow. And uh. You know, so basically they were just like, yo, I, you know, I fought with Triple H. And I, and I don't think Triple H is the problem at all. I think it's all Vince. And it's yeah, like, well, yeah. Or even if it isn't Vince, it's whoever is like his, well, yeah. on his opinion, basically. Because I feel like Vince definitely has a, a part to play in a lot of these decisions. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, I'm not even going to blame Vince. Like, I feel like it's yeah. always like that when it yeah. comes to companies. Like you always got like that that underbelly of the people that you don't know who are the, the whistle, you know, the, the people kind of whispering to him, like to influence his decisions. So you know I'm going to give Vince the I'm benefit of the doubt. Here. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's other people, you know, you know, whoever. And I think that's why they bought in all those new producers and shit. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I think they are trying to do something. You know, so I will, I will, I will, you know, try to leave the the rant on a high note. I think they are trying to do something because they brought in mad new producers who weren't producers in WWE before. Uh, Shane Helms, I, you know, me and Shane Helms from the same hood. He, I don't know if you knew that, but yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, oh, Shane, yeah, yeah. Now that I think about it, yeah, yeah, you're right. Shane Helms grew up around the corner from where me and Kenny grew up in North Carolina. That's cool. Yeah. So, um, what you call it? Uh. So I'm giving I'm giving Vince the benefit of the doubt. I'm I'm giving them uh I'm gonna see what's gonna happen. They probably Yeah, I mean I feel like within the next couple of months it'll be telling. Yeah. Um 
I mean, there's not much. Like, we just got to wait and see what happens. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting yeah. to say the least. Do, do you, do you want to touch on uh, fighting with my family real quick before we dip? Yeah, 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 definitely. Yeah, because um, last night we saw fighting with my family. Um, it's the, the Page movie, basically. Um, and I guess the short and sweet of it was that it was really good and you should probably go see it. Just because, like, yeah. it, it did a good job of, uh, like telling it was like a, a much more like you know it, it obviously like it focused a lot on page pages re- like uh relationship with her brother and how that kind of influenced a lot of the things that happened with her yeah. but it's also like you know the you know an underdog story where it's like oh someone who's kind of like different from everybody else who's trying to succeed in this like business where you know your archetype isn't necessarily the accepted one mm-hmm. um but it's like, you know, you see a lot of stuff of her in London when she was, um, like, on the indies with her, you know, her parents, like, studio, or not studio, um, wrestling, yeah, wrestling promotion. Yeah. Um, you know, like, the, the uh, like, the, you could, like, I could tell, like, once I saw who they casted as her parents, I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, this movie is going to be pretty good. Because they got um, Cersei from Game of Thrones to be yeah. her mom. <laughs> and got my dude from uh, Shaun of the Dead and, um... And what's it called? Uh, and uh, hot fuzz and hot all that fuzz, shit. That's like, what it is, yeah. But yeah, I for, I don't know his name, but I know his yeah. face. But the fat guy, basically, he yeah. like he played Paige's dad. Um, but yeah, it's like they they you know they did a really good job, like actually like showing uh, you know and painting a, a picture is like okay, I, like this is probably similar to how things went. Oh, like the. The thing that was, I guess, if you're a wrestling fan and you were, like, watching when this happened, like, we were, like, the one small, I guess it's not really a gripe, but the big change that they made was that they left out the majority of the important NXT stuff she did. Yeah. But I I could see why they did it. Yeah, me too. And it's like, it's a a really good movie, you know? I think you should check it out. You know, it's probably, you know, I wouldn't even say it's a great movie. Uh, mm-hmm. but, uh, you know, but as a wrestling enthusiast, you know, it's a lot of wrestling stuff in there. Don't go into it with your, with your wrestling cap on, you know, don't. Well, like your history cap. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Don't go in there with your wrestling history cap. Don't do it. Cause it's just, it's, it's the same, but it's different. Yeah. You know, like when, like when Paige is in NXT and she's talking to the people, it's like, she's not necessarily talking to actual people that became wrestlers but yeah. like there's an idea of oh okay this person is kind of like this other person Cause, like cause, when cause I, I was thinking and it's like the the girl that says she was a cheerleader you know alexa bliss was a cheerleader yeah i was thinking yeah. like one of them might have been alexa bliss one of them might have been summer ray yeah i don't know like you know like i was thinking one of them might be charlotte or something charlotte, but yeah like it's kind of hard to say because mm-hmm. they didn't really encapsulate it, but that wasn't the point though. Like, yeah. the, like they were just trying to say, like, the, like the, it wasn't. They weren't trying to talk about how she became a hot commodity in NXT. Like it wasn't about that. It was more just about like her coming into her own and yeah. kind of reconciling with her brother. Like if the movie, like, because I was thinking about that too. Because I was like, it's kind of interesting how they they kind of they didn't really get or talk about how Paige became like a like an internet 
darling. Yeah. They just talked about how she, you know, like, you know, it was a lot just more about her personal emotions. So it was like, it wasn't about her getting over. It was about her, like, just doing something. Yeah. And it was about her coming into her own, accepting herself for who she is. Like, you know, you've seen in the promo, Rock was like, be the first you. Type yeah, thing. yeah. You know, basically saying, be yourself. And she had to, you know, learn to be herself. In the mm-hmm. movie, and so I thought that was dope, man. And it's like, yeah. as a as a movie, like I said, it's really it's great. It's really good. It's yeah. It's like it's a really like it's a. I think it's an accessible wrestling movie too, because yeah. like you could you could watch that movie without having a lot of wrestling knowledge, and yeah, 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 you don't yeah. get a lot out of it, and it might make you more interested. Because like my brother's girlfriend, like she she doesn't watch wrestling. She's watched me watch wrestling a couple of times, and like she's been like she has like a a slight interest just because of the, you know, seeing women do what they do and whatnot. So after this movie, she was a lot, you know, kind of fascinated at what happened and like what actually happened yeah. versus what happened in the movie and like what happened to her afterwards. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I was telling my aunt, I was like, yeah, it was a really good movie, you know, you know, and I was telling her, well, now she's retired because she had a neck injury and stuff. Yeah, uh, you know, actually, it was right down the street at uh, Nassau College. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, that's well, crazy. Gave me the like... laugh, but yeah, that was right there. Was like... <laughs> oh yeah, but uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, it's it's a really great movie. Uh, yeah, don't watch with your wrestling history cap because it's gonna frustrate you. Because me and JD was like, wait, like, didn't she win the NXT title here? He's like, yeah, it was the NXT she, title. She was not wearing black when she debuted. She was wearing purple. Was like, I was like, wait, AJ Lee did not have that on. I was like, yeah. <laughs> You know what though? I I get a guy to give Zelina Vega props though because yeah. some of the some of the way she was saying AJ's stuff. Yeah, was yo, it was point. It was on point. It was on point. I was, was like, she did her homework. She yo the way she because AJ when she when AJ was on the mic when she was talking that night at the Mania, she did her emphasis just like that. Yeah, she was like, I, I was like, the WWE Divas Champion. Yeah, she said it just yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about, yo. Yeah, because like, because like, because like, I had, uh, you know, I've been watching a lot of CM Punk stuff recently, and uh, you know, I had came across that clip, and uh, mm-hmm. so I was watching, and I was just like, yo, she's doing mad emphasis. I was like, <laughs> I was like, I didn't even know AJ talked like this. And, yeah. Uh, Especially at that point in her career, like I forgot she was with Tamina. Yeah, I forgot she was with <laughs> Tamina too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a weird period in time. Like I kind of forgot how long I've been back watching wrestling because like it too. doesn't feel that long ago. Yeah. But mad shit happened. <laughs> Yo, and that's the thing. It's like me too. <laughs> like when you think like we were we were watching wrestling for a good while before CM Punk left, and it feels like <laughs> CM Punk is. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like, that puts us in perspective. Like yeah. CM Punk has been gone for mad long now, and it's like, yo, because because I remember the Rumble that he left at, right? Yeah, yeah. and it's like, but I remember mad shit before that. And it's like, <laughs> <laughs> like remember when like we went to a, we went to like a house show or a Raw where Daniel Bryan and CM Punk teamed up? Yeah, <laughs> like, it's crazy. And it's like, damn. And it's like, I, for, I forgot all that shit happened. And I was like, 
damn. I was like, you know, because Steampunk's been gone for a while, and it's like, I forgot I was watching wrestling before that. And it's yeah. like, <laughs> and also, the, like the also the movie also remember made me remember that like it was around the time when Paige debuted that I started watching NXT. Like, because I I don't remember exactly when I started watching NXT. But I remember that I knew who Paige was when she debuted, so I must have started watching NXT like right before that happened. Yeah. Like so, like I caught like the very end of her NXT run. It could because also when she debuted, they was chanting NXT, mm-hmm. and so the crowd knew who she was. Well, because you, you know, yeah. not at the Mania crowd is usually all the smarks. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's just kind of funny to think about how much shit happens. Yeah, and it's like it's like with me like um I was watching wrestling in high school and you know and all that, but when I went to college, I didn't have time to watch TV like that. So I did, we would watch like Mania, but not not even really watch it, watch it. You know what I mean? Like somebody will, will find like an illegal stream and we'll check it out. Yeah. yeah. Um but like what you call it? Uh and when I got when I moved back to New York and y'all fools was watching it, you know I'll come check it. I ain't like I watched the uh the fucking WrestleMania with Rock versus Cena. Like <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that was that was actually that was the first WrestleMania that I watched since when I came back to watching wrestling. Okay, because because technically it was Kenny and my coworker Herman who got me who were kind of like talking about wrestling enough when I was working at Toys R Us yeah. to the where I was like, yo, I'm going to start watching this shit again because I just felt like, you know, I, I kind of got invested in what they were telling me. So I was like, oh, let me check this shit out. And then I was like, oh, The Rock is coming back? Like, The Rock is my favorite. I wanted to see what he was doing, you know, if he still was going to wrestle. Yeah. So that like that's kind of what got me back into it. And that was that time, that period of time when, um, yeah, when he fought Cena the mm-hmm. second I think yeah, like because I, I remember I watched oh, yeah. the first match, but then when the second one was gonna happen, I was like, yeah, I'll watch the rematch. Twice in a lifetime, like <laughs> yeah. Diddy yeah. did form that year too. Who? Diddy. Yeah, Diddy, that, Diddy was there for one of those years. I forgot. Yeah, I think that was the year we watched. Yeah, I remember. Um, but yeah, you know, and I'm bringing all this up about me coming back into wrestling is because. I remember all of this stuff, but then I were, it's like I forget that, you know, some things. And I was like, oh, shit, Paige did debut during this time. You yeah. <laughs> and it's like, that's what I'm saying. Don't go on with your wrestling history, cat, yo, because none of that shit is going to make sense in the movie. <laughs> you just have to, you know. It, luckily, it stands on its own, though. Like, it, like it's like everybody seems to be kind of echoing that sentiment, too. Like, yeah. so, you know. Go watch it. It's cool. Yeah, it's really good. Um, so you want to wrap it up? Else, yeah, I think that's about it. Like, you know, we, we lightly mentioned Velveteen Dream getting his win. But, yeah, you should definitely watch that match. Um, other than that, we'll try to come back, you know, whenever something relevant happens, I guess. Like, maybe around Fastlane or you know, like, yeah. I don't know if you want to do it sooner. But um, I, I guess we'll just by ear for now. I'll hit you up. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, yeah, Jeff, man, for my man JD is old damn Dell, and this is Smart Mentality Podcast. Peace out. Yep.